Hello, I'm Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. The Swan Song Project is a charity that helps people facing under their lives to write and record their own original songs. I've interviewed songwriters recently, yeah, asking them to share with us one of their songs, tell us a little bit about how they wrote it, then share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful to new songwriters, and also to uh, share with us a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. This episode features Ed Heaton, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Ed Heaton. Thanks for joining us, Ed. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's great to see you. Um, I've known Ed a long time and yeah, I'm very excited to uh, talk songwriting with you for a little while. So if anyone's seen these interviews before, you'll know we're doing three sections. First off, we're going to have one of my guest's songs um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how that song was written. Um, section two, I'm going to ask them for a songwriting tip, which might be useful to new or aspiring songwriters. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to Ed relating to bereavement in some way. So uh, I'm going to hand you over now, and if uh, you'd like to introduce the song that you chose for a set. Uh, so this is a song that I wrote and sang, uh, called and produced called Amplified Heart. When they say you gotta care less, don't care less. You know your soul is restless, it needs more, needs more, so you gotta... Reach out beyond your prison door Remember what you're living for Pick up your hope that's on the floor Believe more, believe more So you can Remember that you matter You could be so much more than matter So let your silence shatter Turn it up, turn it up Your Heart. It sets you apart from the lost in the crowd So let your love beat out loud Your amplified heart It sets you apart from the lost in the crowd So let your love beat out loud Let your love beat out loud When they say you shouldn't hold on Just hold on You get the faith for so long Now be strong, be strong So you don't Hold on to the fear in you There's so many that's here for you To rise you up above material Well so on, so on So please just Remember that you matter You could be so much more than matter So let your silence shatter Turn it up, turn it up Your amplified heart It sets you apart From the lost in the crowd So let your love beat out loud Your Let your love be 
Okay, great stuff. That was Amplified Heart. So uh, what can you tell us about writing that? I'd, I didn't, didn't realise you sang it. I was listening to it earlier. I didn't, I'd, I'd never heard, heard you sing before, so I didn't uh, know that was that was your voice. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's so um, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank goodness for Melodyne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I, I chose that song because um, it was... Uh, so I, I'm, part, I'm part of a songwriting team and we are from my publishing company and uh i'd kind of co-written a lot of stuff and that was the first song that i wrote kind of completely on my own and sang also on my own and i'd produced it as well so i did everything myself and that was a f- that's the first time i'd done that in a long 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 time and certainly i'd never actually sung on a track so that's the first time i've ever sung on a song track um so that's kind of why i chose it really um yeah uh and it came from uh, it came from the title actually because the title is actually the title of an album uh, by Everything But The Girl called Amplified Heart uh, which was released in the mid 90s or early 90s I should say um, and it was a, it was written after Ben Watt who's the other half of, of Everything The Girl was seriously ill like to, to a point of near death uh, and they thought he was going to die and kind of that album was but he came through it and that was a resp- kind of response to that and so amplified heart i think it was about kind of machinery but kind of obviously linking to the and i love that phrase that kind of it was just such a it just had so much weight to it I like uh and i've always wanted to do something with it and it so it was it's just hung around and then and then i sort of sat down and i've been listening to um uh, a track called naim by boniver uh, which is from his latest album and i was just and when I find a song that I love, I listen to it like a child. I just listen to it endlessly. I just re- on repeat, like just again, 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 again. And I like ingest it. And uh, so uh, I've been listening to that song a lot. And I love the way it turns phrases. So there's a line in it uh, of uh, of uh, Naeem where he says um, uh, about, uh, I come, I'm walking down the pasture now. You take me out to pasture now. And I love the way he just sort of flips the two terms of pasture and I, I was really love the way you used language and so I sort of attempted to kind of use language in a similar way I suppose so there's a line in it uh remember that you matter you can be so much more than matter you know it's just kind of love that idea of you know and the first line is um uh when they say you shouldn't care less don't care less and I just like that kind of like you know that that yeah yeah yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I share that when I get obsessed with the song, just listen to it on repeat and repeat. And what I think, and what I think you're kind of um, touching on there as well, is like then trying to pick out some of the, you know, what is it about this song that's really getting me? And then how can I use that as a tool in another song, which sounds yeah. like what you've done there with those turns of phrase, of, uh, um, which is really nice. I'm interested in, uh, so you kind of mentioned this, but some of our listeners might not know. So you're, you're involved in songwriting in quite a few different ways, aren't you, as a, yeah. as a producer and co writing in those situations. Um, so I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit about how how the process works in in those ways and how you found it different writing one by yourself um and yeah i guess what was was there a particular thing where you were like decided this is i want to do one just purely by myself now um yeah i yeah so the um the so the songs that i co-write um i co-write with uh um, Narelle Francis and uh, Chris Clark and Narelle, Narelle lives really close to me she lives out kind of Clack Udisfax way and then uh, but Chris lives in uh, um, Switzerland uh, just outside Geneva uh, so I've only I've, I've only physically met Chris twice um, 
despite the fact I run a business with him and, you know, and I speak to him on a daily basis, literally on a daily basis, probably at least two times, twice a day. Um, uh, and um, so we are actually, so this kind of situation where everyone's working remotely, this is actually kind of the normal for us. We're really used to it. So we actually have got a bunch of tools that we use, but the main thing we use is a thing called Slack, uh, and um, which is a kind of basically our notebook, which we, so we have just like a bunch, it's our ideas. So what we do is we throw up all ideas um, when we write in a song. And a lot of that will just be like the first verse or a chorus or, you know, a bit just a title even. And then we put it, and if we put it up there, that's kind of like the sign that we want people to collaborate with us. And a lot of times, especially when I write, I tend to write quite strictly to a rhythm. And it's probably because I listen to a lot, I've listened to a lot of hip hop and that's, so I tend to write very rhythmically. Um, so we put it up there. And, um, and then I usually put up a guide, like a rhythm guide. So like, so people know kind of the pattern that I'm writing in, they've got it in my head. Um, and then Chris will, if I've started and then Chris will add to it. He usually, um, and, uh, he'll flesh out kind of some of the ideas and a lot of time he'll come up with a second verse or a middle eight. Um, and then, and then Narelle, uh, will, uh, she, a lot of times she'll add the, the melody. Like Narelle is just incredible at top lining she just just got the natch and she will take it in a place where you're like oh, i was thinking this and then she'll do something else completely and you'll be like oh my god that's brilliant um and uh so yeah so so that and that but it's not exclusively that a lot of time it'll be you know and then narelle will probably add to the lyrics as well or we might have an idea for a chorus that's kind of like melodically and then narelle tweak it and change that or she'll add a verse so it's it can it's kind of modular almost in the way we work but that's kind of how we do it as, as a team um and it's really exciting and sometimes i there's a couple of instances recently where i literally just start the song and just the lyrics and then Narelle's done the both the production and the melody and I've just literally written the first verse and chorus and to hear it kind of go off and live its own life is really exciting I've never really had that as a songwriter I've always been involved in all the pro the whole process so that's really exciting too um but for um for this this one was different because um I suppose it was that thing of like what if I sang it you know what if it, what if this was my song like and I wrote, when I was writing it, um, I, I think the, the song's about mental health, really. Um, and it's about kind of like, you know, just trying to find your way through it. And I think like most people, I've had, you know, issues with my mental health. And, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's a conversation, you know, and, and, and it's a movable feast that you're constantly, you're, you're dealing with. And I'm, and I mean, I'm lucky enough, to, I think I've largely been, you know, and I know it's degrees, I've been closer to the kind of hotspot than, the not but recently i've been okay and, and i've felt pretty good um but i'm always aware that i'm my toes always in that water and um and i suppose that that, that what i wrote was really personal so and and i suppose i just wanted to sing it because i understood the voice that w that was coming out and and i like the idea of it being a male voice and chris is a great singer but he tends to sing in quite a rock way he's kind of got this very strong rock voice and knew that it was his voice wasn't quite right for it and he knew it as well and i was like well maybe i'll just do it and i thought okay well if it's awful then we'll just say it's awful but then i did it and the rest of the guys were brilliant and they loved it and we're like do more so i've actually sung quite a few songs now on on in the catalog which is really exciting oh, yeah yeah, so it's been, more of them. yeah. So it's been it's been an unlocking for me. 
Yeah, it's made me think. Didn't Barry White start like that? That he was just producing tracks and he just sing demos for the um, Love Unlimited. And then somebody, <laughs> somebody heard one of them and was like, "Wait a minute, why is this guy not singing?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barry White just doing demos. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe the next Barry White. <laughs> Who knows? I'd like to think so. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so let's move into section two now. So this is where I ask my guests to share us a songwriting tip that might be useful for new aspiring songwriters. Um, so what tip would you like to share with us, Ed? This is a really tough one because I think everyone's got a real, like, uh, uh, their own ways. Um, I always, I just think always keep writing because I think we tend, they have this tendency to think that songwriting is magical. And it, and it kind of, you know, like I believe in kind of, there's a whole kind of theory about magical thinking and, and uh, it's a really good book about KLF and how they're, anyway, I don't want to go down there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other alleyway. Um, but, I, you know, and I, I absolutely believe in the kind of the magic of music, but I'm also aware that it's craft, you know, it's like something you, you can craft at. So I, and I think you only do that by doing it. Um, and be aware that there are, there are, I don't know, there's places where you're going to, that are, that are more for you personally, the better places to get yourself into those places. For me, it's the shower. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I write and I pretty much all my ideas come in the shower. So, you know, I make sure it means I'm kind of very clean uh, yeah. a lot of the time. You have a pen and paper in there with you. <laughs> I sit and I have, I, have the, I have my phone by the shower. And when I get out of the shower, I'll just kind of quickly hit record and like sing into it. So, yeah, I do a lot of writing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's just been that kind of knowing that there might be places where you're a little more susceptible to kind of those those juices happening. But like, but and write, you know, if you if you're struggling, just keep writing because I think that that idea of writer's block is a lot of it's. I mean, it's wholly psychological, and I think sometimes you just have to write your way out of it. And and also and also sometimes go, you know, you're going to be more. Bright. I mean, like I basically didn't write a song for for about five years and now i'm writing like one like one or two a week and and i think it's that thing that is sometimes it's okay just to have a rest you know there's a muscle like it's a muscle and you sometimes you need to rest it and if so either you work through it by keep writing or if it's you're actually just making you miserable then just leave it for a little bit you know like you know yeah because it's okay it's okay you know you know was it to is it, had something i read is it toxic uh uh um uh, oh, I can't remember what the word is. It's it's where you where you're you feel like you've got to make things all the time, but actually that idea becomes really bad and it becomes toxic. Uh, mm. Productivity, toxic product productivity. productivity. That was yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice. I think uh, I agree totally with the. Sometimes you have to just just write through that. You just kind of keep writing to. I'm, I'm working on a song at the minute, which I've, I've got quite an ambitious idea for a song that I want to do, and I'm kind of aware. I'm, so I'm making myself write on it quite a lot, even though I don't feel I've got anything. That's that's I've written probably three or four pages worth of lyrics for this song, and I'm probably not going to use any of them. I kind of feel like I've just got to keep writing it and keep writing it, and eventually it'll click and something yeah. will happen with it. But I'm just I'm aware that I can I can just think about it and not write, and it will take me ages. But I think I just need to just need to write something until I get there. And I really like what you said about um, changing situation, uh, changing your environment, and it's something where I do think like I think I fall into a pattern of writing in the same place. I think there's a good thing about like, you know, you can create a nice space, like you've obviously got there your home studio where you can make yourself feel, you know, like a, a creative hub where yeah. you work in a way, but then also being, yeah, being alert to those things, like if you're in the shower where you start getting ideas or if you're out walking and you get ideas, then using them as a yeah. tool is uh, really good advice. Yeah, just because I think like, cause, because 
it's that thing where I think when you're in a resting state, I tend to find that I, the ideas tend to come when I'm not really thinking about it. Mm. Where you know, like, and and I can make myself write, and I can, you know, and it's times when you know I need to finish a song, or you know, me and Irrelevant sat and we've just got to finish something off, and we'll you know we'll absolutely work at it, like you know, really work at it. But 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 I think it's it's because it's the starting bit that I think is the hardest. It's that kind of bit where you sat with a blank page and you don't know what to do. And I think if you just if you just allow yourself to kind of not think about it, that's usually when an idea wanders into your head and you know, like, and, and just try and catch those little moments, those little ideas and those sort of snatches of words, you know, like with amplified heart or, you know, like, or just, I tend, I tend to find a little idea just starts rolling around and I just start humming it and singing it around, around, around in my head and kind of just keep going around it. And it tends to snowball into something, something bigger, I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, but I know everyone's different and it's, you know, it, it's all, it's all based on, on how your brain works as well, which is wholly individual. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Thanks for that. Some really good, uh, good advice there. Yeah. Um, so let's move into uh, section three now, shall we? So this is where I ask my guests for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And what I do here is I put the link for the song in the description of this video. So if you're watching this and you want to go listen to the song, the link will be in the description. Uh, I'll ask Ed to introduce it for you now. And then, um, yeah, if you're watching, you want to pause us, go listen to it, come back and hear us chat about it, you can do. So uh, what song did you choose for us, Ed? I chose a song uh, by a Leeds band called Four Day Hombre, and this is a song called uh, Three Years. It's definitely, yeah, if you're listening to this now and want to go check out the song, you can do. Uh, so yeah, what did you, uh, what, why did you choose this song for us, Ed? Um, I chose this song because it's quite personal for me. Um, I've, I, Four Day Hombre, I would, um, I, I'm look, you know, they're, they're really, Good friends of mine, as they're now Hope and Social, or became Hope and Social, then, who are a wholly different band to to Four Day Hombre. Four Day Hombre openly described themselves as white white boy miserable miserable uh, indie rock. Um, <laughs> Hope and Social is all about celebration. Um, but uh, this song was um, was really important because um, so when my when my grandmother died, I uh, I had really mixed feelings. Me and my uh, my nana, we didn't we didn't really get on so well in her kind of her later years at all um when she, she when when we were little my nana was magic she was brilliant she was just wonderful like we just absolutely adored her and she loved us as kids and then when we grew up and became kind of opinionated she she didn't like it she didn't really she really she basically really struggled with us as the minute we got became teenage she, she just didn't want to know us because she didn't want us to argue with her or, or, or kind of fight against and we obviously had quite strong different differing views you know from different generations different places you know different experiences um and my nana was she was a very complicated woman with a lot of complicated issues and and she the way she dealt with those would would, would quite a ne in very negative way so so when she died i had very mixed feelings about it we i was very i wasn't very close to her by the end and and um i felt very angry at her um for a lot of the things that happened with our within our family and um she was always very close to my cousin who managed to maintain a really good relationship with her um and my and my cousin's just a this just beautiful guy he's just so great and just one of the nicest men in the world and i love him to pieces but he lives out in the states he lives um he lives uh in indiana and works in chicago and um and he'd come over and he'd sorted so much out and he sorted the whole funeral out and he'd really been amazing um but uh he wasn't because work american working laws are just insane they're just like they make they just work you like crazy and he couldn't take any more time off they wouldn't allow him any more time off so he couldn't come to the funeral and he asked me if I'd do the uh, the reading, which was obviously really difficult because you know I had quite mixed feelings. And I said to him, "Only if uh, only if I can 
only if I can kind of be honest, you know, not just make it a puff piece, you know, that actually I say how I felt. And he was like, absolutely, man, I wouldn't. And he was like, I wouldn't expect anything else. Sorry, this is becoming quite a, quite a, yeah, no, no, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, but, um, and I was listening to some music on shuffle and this song came on, which I've always loved as a song. Um, and then there's a line in it, uh, which is, uh, why don't we sit down and go through the photographs? I'm sure we'll find it wasn't that bad. And that was just like, just, just summed it up, man. It was just like one of those, like, I just remember then stopping and rewinding and just listening to that song maybe four or five times, you know, just, it was a real cathartic thing for me because my Nana took a lot of photos as well. She like thousands. I mean, not just in that kind of, like, Oh, she took some photos. Like she took fat. She, there was like, when she died, there was like boxes of, and she lived in a tiny house in Baron Furnace and like the boxes of photographs came out of that place. And so, you know, there was that connection there. And that note, that thing of like, just that line just resonated so much with me, that idea of like, actually, you know, when we look back through all the memories and all that, and we remember the hard stuff, actually we, Springsteen says it, doesn't he, in his book, he said, we honor, we honor our family by remembering the best of them, you know? And it's like, yeah. that's how we do it, you know? Like, and, and so I read it in, so in her eulogy, which I read out, I said that, you know, I said it, I said, you know, and, and I was really honest and I said, listen, you know, it's really difficult. But, you know, I said, but, and I quote the line, you know, why don't we sit down and go through the photographs? I'm sure we'll find it wasn't that bad. And yeah, so whenever I hear that song now, I, th I think of her and I think of, you know, the good times we had and, and it's kind of mended stuff for me, really, uh, which is, you know, yeah, which is really incredible, really. And it wasn't, that song isn't about that, really. I suppose it is. It's about reminding ourselves that, that there was always the good stuff that, you know, of course we all go through stuff and things are hard, but there was always that good stuff there and, and we can always hang on to that. And that's what we should remember, you know, when we come to end of life, because, because we can hang on to all that, the anger we have for that person, but we'll never fix it. I can never say what I wanted to say to her. I can never change what happened as we got older but we did have those great times when and 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 they really are like and they're amazing times you know they were the best of times so yeah yeah so that that's why this songs it means so much yeah that's a beautiful story Ed, and um and we and we're glad that you know that the song provided you that that you know um comfort and i guess that space to to feel better about it all it's um a great example of the power of music and even like you say a kid song, song might not have been written so sure it wasn't written for that specific intention <laughs> but no. then it was just what was needed for that situation uh, yeah and because i mean there's so many great so i know you, you, when you contacted me and i kind of looked through i was like oh my god there's so many like things <laughs> like the snows in april and you're missing by by springsteen and like you know and just just so many great songs but for me it was like actually i wanted to you know that they were great brilliantly crafted songs about about that situation but this was a song that just impacted on me kind of in a, in a way that I find I found just incredibly cathartic and and you know comes back to that thing of like we were saying earlier about like music music is a craft but sometimes but when when you're receiving when you're making it when you're receiving it it's 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 magic it's 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 something else entirely and you know that's why I think we place so much so much emphasis on on music in in you know in a society because because it it, it can heal us and it can make things better um which is incredible yeah, and another thing what stood out to me when you're saying that you know, that you loved the song before this, and that you know when you go back to different songs in different times of your life, like different lyrics can just all of a sudden be that's the lyric that 
that I need now and um, songs can just change their meaning and and their purpose in your life I guess yeah and that's a great song is one that you know you just can can help in so many different different times and situations yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, the other song I was thinking of in, like that is um, uh, Sit Down by James, which um, is, you know, it's kind of, to be clear, everyone knows Sit Down by James, you know, certainly if you're a generation anyway, you do, you know, and like I, when I was a kid, it was just a great tune. And, you know, we all sat down in the indie disco, you know, and that was funny, you know, because we thought we'd been hilarious and vain uh, <laughs> and original. Um, <laughs> but um and, you know, and it was a tune and it was, you know, it was anthemic and it was great. And now as I've got older, that song means so much more to me because it's clearly about mental health. It's about, you know, you know, those who find themselves ridiculous in excellence, you know, you know, if I hadn't seen such Richard, I could live with being poor, you know, it's all about mental health. And the song now, I, I listen to it now and I find it, like, I've, it means so much more to me now that in, as an adult than it did when I was just a kind of dumb teenager jumping around in long sleeve t-shirts <laughs> with bad hair. Um, yeah. so yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and I love that. I love that, yeah, the music can go with you on that journey, you know, like, and, and it is, a, and it's a lifelong journey, it can go with you. Um, which is, I suppose, why we, there's some songs which you hate as a kid and you're very dismissive of, and now you hear and you go, oh, actually, I love that record, <laughs> and you can admit that you love because it's a portal, isn't it? It's a portal back to that time, and I suppose anything that takes you back to those places where, where, where it mattered and where things mattered and more just mattered or that moment mattered uh and even if you hate that song then that that song become actually take is becomes important uh, i'm thinking of uh when a child was born by johnny mathis which is just i cannot stand as a song but i just <laughs> my, my mum loves it <laughs> so, I can, and I play it every christmas just for my mom <laughs> And, and I'll love it when, when you know, in, in, unfortunately she's still alive and she's still here, but I'm sure when she's gone, I'll be listening to that record and just, you know, smile a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, Ed. Um, yeah, well, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it. It's really nice, nice oh, talking to you. Thanks for having me, man. I'm sorry, I've, I've witted a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much for getting allowing me to talk about music. I could do it all day. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, isn't it, man? It's always yeah, a pleasure. <laughs> Cheers, man. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.